0: Chapter eleven of the Randolphs by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven A Sheep in Wolf's Clothing The hotel was fairly under way. The first few weeks had been full of work and success. Custom had flowed in upon them until Tom was ready to believe that there were many more people willing to promote the cause of temperance than he had imagined mr pearson however was not yet caught in their net he still professed himself a temperance man and one who had no special love for liquor and no taste to gratify that was strong in the least and yet he found it inconvenient to take board at the randolph house it was saturday evening matters were in train for a pleasant sabbath and tom and his faithful ally peter had donned overcoats and mufflers, and gone out into the winter night to do work that was dear to the hearts of both of them, fish for men. It was an expression that was specially dear to Peter's heart, because of that old promise and direction that he considered as much his commission as it was his namesakes, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Both of these young men longed exceedingly for bait. Their paths did not lie together, they divided their forces. "'Well, good night,' Tom said, as they reached the crossing at Easton Street. "'Let us see what this evening will bring to us. I wish you all success.' Then he turned and went down the brilliantly lighted business street of the city, I mean the special favorite for business and gaiety, while Peter dived down into an alley where life was on a smaller scale. A great many people were out on that same mission of fishing, and the eagerness and cunning that they displayed in working for their master were remarkable to contemplate. How the gas-lights glittered in the spacious saloons that he passed! How inviting the billiard parlours looked! What time and money had been spent in fitting up the gilded traps where young men were to be caught! Young Randolph looked eagerly about him with an eye for details, he meant to let the devil have not one inch of vantage-ground that he could legitimately occupy. If there was anything new in the line of elegance or fascination that could not be found in that upper room, he meant that it should speedily find its way there. Moving leisurely along, looking in at the gay windows to see what he could see, he reached the largest and grandest of these places, and came to a full stop. At the farther window was a young man, also looking in with earnest gaze. His face and dress and position all showed him to be a young man from the country, and Tom's eager eyes were on him. Here was a fish, young and unsuspecting, in danger too, for his eyes plainly said, that is a most inviting looking spot. No doubt he was trying to decide the question whether to enter and see for himself what the reception would be the door was suddenly opened from the inside and a young man with a winning face and manner said as he flung wide the hospitable door and let out a flood of light and warmth into the black night come in gentlemen walk right in you will find much more comfortable quarters inside it is a disagreeable night he was dressed in the extreme of city fashions and his air and manner was that which we are accustomed to call dashing but for all that there was a ring to his voice that expressed friendliness and good fellowship tom caught the thought on the instant it would be well to have some one on the alert at the door of the randolph house this cordial invitation was certainly very agreeable he sprang eagerly forward but not to accept the invitation thank you he said courteously for he had adopted it as a motto to be courteous in the extreme to every one, until necessity demanded a different manner. "'Thank you, not at present, and I want a word with this young man, if he please. Will you walk with me a few steps, sir?' The country stranger thus addressed turned and fixed a pair of grey eyes for an instant on Tom's face, and then said, "'I've no objection to that. Where do you want me to go?' now if tom had been entirely frank he would have been obliged to answer i'm sure i don't know i have no definite desire about it and i don't know in the least what to say next to you nor how to account for my sudden desire for your company the most i want is to keep you from stepping into that glittering trap which is spread open for you which i know all about and of which you are ignorant but of course it would not do to say this so he simply said "'Oh, come this way, please. You are a stranger in town, are you not? I thought you looked lonely, and it seemed to me it would be pleasant to have a little talk with you. Do you mind taking a walk with me?' "'Not a bit,' the young man said, and his voice was strong and hearty, a voice that Tom fancied at once. "'I am a stranger in town, have only been here a week, and I came out to-night on purpose for a walk and to see what was to be seen.' so they went arm in arm down benson street tom talking briskly the while pointing out objects of interest and beauty trying to be as entertaining as he could and all the time carrying on an undertone of thought as to how he was going to conclude this interview and how to make it helpful in the least where do you board he asked suddenly and as the young man named one of the poorer streets of the city where the houses were dark and dingy he thought of the swarm of third-rate boarding-houses to be found there, and pitied him in his heart. No wonder he came out for a walk and to see what was to be seen. What a place such a boarding-house must be in which to spend an evening! Why should he not at once try to toll him away to that beautiful upper room, where were lights and beauty and comfort, and everything that the most cultured taste could desire? Not the least fascinating place in which to spend an evening, he said, trying to speak carelessly, as the young man gave him a brief description of the peculiar boarding-house in which he lodged. Now, I happen to have a much pleasanter place than that. If you do not mind a long walk, I should like to show you where I live. Thus easily was the undertaking accomplished, and the two were very soon thereafter mounting the steps of the Randolph house. There, Tom said, with a little pardonable pride, as he showed his new friend into the long, bright, elegantly furnished parlor. Here is where you are entirely welcome to pass an evening as often as you choose. The two seated themselves, and Tom tried with all the force of fascination that he possessed to catch his fish. He talked and laughed, had apples served on elegant dishes, and eaten with silver knives, and apparently he made no headway at all, the cool, keen, gray eyes studied him as if he had been a rare work of art set up for investigation, and allowed himself to be entertained and amused, but in no way compromised, nor returned the apparent frankness of his host by any communications as to himself, save the most commonplace, and neither by word nor sign pledged himself ever to come again. Tom was puzzled and disappointed. How should he contrive to ensnare this fish so that the surroundings should seem as pleasant to him and as free to him as the paradise into which he had found him peeping come upstairs with me he said suddenly springing up after the apples were eaten and the grey eyes were looking precisely as though if they could speak they would say well what next i want to show you a perfect gem of a room my special pet in fact and the gray-coated young man followed him quietly and walked the length and breadth of the precious consecrated room without a lighting up of his composed face or other expression of pleasure than that it was very beautiful praise spoken in cool wary tones tom sat on the ottoman and leaned his head against the window in despair i don't know how to win him he said to himself he will never come here again i see it in his eyes "'What is lacking? I wonder what I can say or do to help him. I wonder if he has an idea what a city is. I believe he is a great, good-natured, ignorant fellow. Those grey eyes can flash, too. I know they can, if they find occasion. But they are not the sort to grow angry over a little friendly warning. I mean to try.' "'Do you know what sort of place that was where you and I met tonight?' he asked. "'A saloon of some sort, I fancy,' said he of the grey eyes, quietly. "'It was more than that,' Tom said, speaking earnestly. "'It was the largest and the worst gambling-hole in the city, the very worst, because they carry on their miserable business in a very respectable and fashionable manner. They are always on the lookout for victims. They thought they had found two this evening. I'm glad they were disappointed for once.' still no gleam of surprise or interest on the part of his visitor what should he say next isn't this room as pleasant as the one into which we were peeping he asked suddenly quite as pleasant i should say are you trying to outdo them yes i am that is it precisely i may as well tell you out and out i am not good at concealments this is a trap it is fitted up in the best manner that i can plan and i brought you here to-night to see if you looking at it for the first time could suggest something else that would help me to catch the young men of our city and make them want to come here instead of going to such places as those where we were to-night the strange young man up to this time had not taken a seat since he entered the room instead he had kept his station near the door his keen eyes on the alert and his whole face quiet and emotionless. Now he turned, and for the first time his expression changed to one of somewhat puzzled inquiry, and he looked steadily at Tom for several seconds without speaking. At last he said, speaking carelessly, "'Before I answer your question, I want you to tell what you want to do with us after you trap us. What is your object in running opposition to the places downtown?' and what do you expect to gain by it? Those are fair questions. If you answer them satisfactorily, I'll engage to answer yours. Tom had been keenly excited during this interview, and keenly disappointed. This seemed to him like the trial hour of his beloved scheme, and he feared that it was to prove a failure. He could not conceal the excitement of deep feeling, nor the tremor in his voice. I want to help save men, I want to be about the business that I promised my master I would try to do for him. My object is to foil Satan in his schemes and plots for ruining young men, and I expect to gain the reward promised to me by the master whose servant I am. You should have seen those gray eyes then. They fairly glowed with light and feeling. The owner of them left his station by the door and came with a long stride over to the low seat where Tom had dropped himself. Here's my hand, he said now. Why, man, I belong to the same master. He has bought me and given me my orders. I belong to the ranks. I'm working for this very same end. God bless you. Why, in the name of common sense, didn't you let me know what you were at? Tom sprang up, smiling and eager, and the country youth and the handsome city gentleman shook hands long and heartily. Sit down, said tom at last why wouldn't you sit down and why wouldn't you show a bit of interest in my beloved scheme you made me feel that it was an awful blunder from beginning to end and that you would go and ruin yourself twice as fast after my interference as you would have done without it by the way what is your name please mine is randolph and mine is david parker at your service and then the said david parker leaned back in his chair and indulged in a long loud hearty laugh what on earth is the matter asked tom greatly surprised and a trifle annoyed why i'm so amazed explained his guest and so mistaken let me tell you young man you asked a question or two that i promised to answer i'm from the country you know and i come fresh from a father who knows something of city life and has cautioned me on every side until I am fairly bristling with cautions to beware of sharpers in every shape and form, and I hope you will excuse me for telling you, but if I didn't take you to be a sharper of the tallest kind that I had ever heard or dreamed of, then my name is not David Parker. You know the Prince of Sharpers is said sometimes to appear as an angel of light, and upon my word and honour I thought I had come across him in exactly that shape.' "'But what under the sun can you mean?' asked poor puzzled tom mean why only think for a minute what you did where did i meet you and what excuse did you give for suddenly pouncing upon me a perfect stranger to take a walk with you and what did you tell me about yourself and your schemes with all your apparent frankness and what kind of a paradise is this into which you led me and how did you entertain me without the shadow of an explanation i tell you if i hadn't been wide awake and a little vain of my ability to keep so and if i hadn't besides been honestly desirous to see how you did it that i might the better help to keep other young men from falling into your hands i should have turned and fled from you twice as fast as from that gambling saloon for i considered you twice as dangerous i begin to see said tom light breaking over his perplexed face "'I have gone at this work with the idea that every man I met was either a scamp or an unsuspecting victim, and not by any shadow of chance a fellow fisher. I thought I was the only disciple the master had, it seems. Well, you have answered my question. Thank you. I am encouraged.' "'What is this place?' queried David Parker, his face expressing curiosity and eagerness enough to entirely satisfy his host." it is a temperance house. And what is this room? It is a young men's Christian association room, that is, it is to be, when we find the men of which to make the association. At present there are only three. Thomas the Skeptic, that's myself, only my name has been changed to Thompson for family convenience. Peter the Bold, and if ever a fellow was well named, it is my friend Peter. And King David, that's yourself." we constitute officers and rank and file. There are more, though, to be found, I verily believe. I feel surer of it after to-night's experience. Having found our king, we can surely make progress. "'No, I am only the shepherd boy, keeping my father's sheep,' the young man said quickly, with keen appreciation of Tom's mood. "'And are coming to do good service against Goliath with your sling and stones, are you?' Very well, so be it. Let me ask you this, though. How do you know, since your suspicions were so great, what did you expect to find up in this room, by the way? A secret chamber with padded walls and billiard-table as long as the room, with bottles and glasses and iniquity of every sort. It is true, he added, as Tom laughed. I expected that at the very least." Well, then, how did you know but I was playing sharp when I answered your question as to motives? The veriest scamp can feign pure motives. David shook his head. No, he can't, not in that tone and with that sacred name on his lips. At least I don't believe he could deceive me. I love the leader too well, and I know the sound of his voice so well, that I don't believe the counterfeit can deceive me. I don't know. I won't say that either, because good men have often been deceived. I will simply say that I am just as sure of you as if I had known you all my life, and half an hour ago I thought you were the smoothest villain in the city. Well, Tom said, drawing a long breath, I went out tonight praying that I might find someone to help, someone to speak a word to that would be the means of doing good, but it never entered my heart to pray that i might find a friend and brother i thank him from my soul shall we kneel together while you tell him so instantly the two brethren knelt and young david showed that he was used to holding audience with the great king that he was to him an elder brother and the way in which he thanked god for permitting him in his loneliness and sadness to find such a spot as this and such a friend made tom say with a mixture of tenderness and humour as he arose from his knees i feel as though my name ought to be jonathan chapter eleven